Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Classroom Matters podcast with me, your host, Christy Hool. And today, we are delighted to be sitting down with James Young, sixth grade musical theater teacher at Johnson Wabash Sixth Grade Center in the Ferguson Florissant School District, who was named the 2022 Missouri Teacher of the Year. James is a graduate of the University of Missouri-St. Louis College of Education, and he leads an innovative musical theater program where students learn basic music theory concepts, but also how to project self-confidence and be their best selves. James, welcome to the Classroom Matters podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be with us. Thank you, Christy. Thanks for having me. It is an honor and a privilege. Okay, so I'm so excited. So James and I were already talking for a few minutes um, before we started recording. And most of you know that, listen, uh, know that I am a former Ferguson Florissant, very proud uh, member. I know, right? Shout out to Ferguson Florissant. And so I could not be more thrilled that one of the finest uh, was named Missouri's 2022 Teacher of the Year. So James, talk to us a little bit as we get started about your background and your journey just into education in general. Okay. Uh, so my background in education, teaching was the plan B. You know, I was, uh, I'm a musician at heart and that's what I thought I wanted to do. I guess I just, I never considered it. Although interestingly enough, my great grandmother, um, Hattie Stevenson, years before I thought about becoming a teacher, she said, you know, you have the patience to be a teacher. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> so um, I was in the military for three years, right out of high school. Uh, then I worked some different jobs, three years after that, I worked different jobs and things, and it just wasn't clicking for me. There there was more, and I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just, I need to become a more professional musician. So I went back to school for music, um, but at the same time, I had my grandmother, um, Elizabeth Hutcherson Rux, who said, well, why don't you just consider music education as a plan B, just in case things don't work out? Well, the plan B quickly turned into plan A, and I just discovered, um, I guess, a, like a calling for teaching, a love for teaching, the more and the deeper I got into it. And so here I am, you know, <laughs> uh, the classroom really seemed to be a place where I could come alive. And it seemed to be a, com uh, a place where I could use a culmination of all the skills that I've learned uh, to be to help students and be successful. Mm -hmm. So how many years have you been teaching in general, in total, and then how many years have you been in this school, in this district? Okay, so this is year 15. Um, and then I've spent uh, about oh, three of those years have been outside of the district. So you have been named Missouri's Teacher of the Year in a, in a very, very interesting time <laughs> in our world of education. And, and I hate to continue, you know, to say uh, the the you know, what we're going through and the pandemic, but I think we're kind of past that now. I think this is really truly could could potentially be our new normal as far as education. So how difficult has it been over the last year, I guess two years now, to not only teach, but to teach music in multiple settings, uh, you know, hybrid, remote, in-person, mm -hmm. and then back to hybrid and then back to remote, um, and not only do it, but do it astonishingly well, enough to be named the teacher of the year? It has been challenging. You know, it's hard to look at a screen, even like right now, it's hard not to be in person and, and having that personal conversation. It's hard not to 
read the, the full body language of a classroom. Um, that's really challenging. It's hard to teach music when you can't sing at the same time because the synchronization is off. Uh, but what we learned to lean on was just that making those connections, finding new ways to reinvent how um, we, we, we deliver that fine arts education. And so uh, still, and I, and I feel like we still had some successes. It wasn't perfect. I'm really glad to be back in the classroom. And I feel like a lot of the things that I learned during this COVID, this pandemic time and virtual and all that ha has only sharpened me as a teacher. And I'm um, really grateful for the technology that, that we have now. We're one-to-one, -one, you know, in our district now, that's a plus. And so, but we, we do have some, some, some ground to cover both educationally, but I think also, um, you know, uh, emotionally, personally, because now we're, we're learning how to reconnect and, you know, what does that look like? So, but sometimes, you know, the, the, the greatest ideas, the greatest inventions and, and the greatest um, innovations come from challenging times. And, and so that's what I'm hopeful of through all of this. And how did you guys get through a mask mandate in music? I would, you know, when I thought about, <laughs> when I thought about, when I thought about you and I thought about what you do and I was like, my goodness, you know, because our, our district just removed the mask mandate this week. And okay. so my children have been, you know, going to class. And so I thought about, you know, I thought, man, I would love to find out how do you work around <laughs> singing and music without a mask on? You know, we, we, we just, we sing through it. You know, it, it's not easy. It's not easy, but I think it takes a bit of an imagination and just hopefulness. And I think continuing to display hope and, you know, in my attitude, um, continuing to encourage and let students know, hey, we're in it together. We're all doing this at the same time. And it's, it's not perfect. But once again, I think it just it builds resilience. But, but it, it has been it has been challenging. We're, we're still wearing masks in our school. So it's still something we're doing. But, you know, we're, we're working through it. And I think so. I think as long as really it's really about perspective I and mean, so much of life is about perspective. And so I think if you if, if, I, if I keep a positive perspective, students see that and then they can um, they can emulate it, hopefully. Yeah. And, and so speaking about a positive perspective and a, and, a, and a role model, you know, there's a lot of children that really look forward to music or art mm -hmm. because it's really something that draws the creativity out in them. And, you know, not all students are, are made for the worksheets and the books and the, the, the math and the reading. So are you seeing a lot of children really flourish um, over the last year in your classroom, your musical theater classroom, have you have you had that challenge with students where they really just want to only be in the music room? Hmm. Yeah, we, we do have students coming to us, trying to come to us at all times of the day. I think it is a place to connect. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I think it is a place to connect. But I think it's always been a place to connect. You know, I think music has always been a place for some students where they're really going to thrive. But it, what's, here's what's interesting, though. But some students don't realize how much they appreciate the arts, um, even until they leave. You know, we had students, I often have students get to my class because it's not technically an elective. And they're like, I don't sing and I don't want to get on stage and I don't want to do anything. I don't want any part of that. And then by the end, they're, they're they love it and they don't want to leave. You know, I have students coming back to me that I had first because we're a semester long class. Mr. Young, I want to be back in your class, you know. <laughs> and so we do see that. But sometimes it's just um, getting kids to warm up to the idea that you can. And that's the confidence piece. You can do this. 
You have so much potential. You're amazing. Um, and it's not just about you being the, the greatest superstar ever, but it is about what you said in the entry, being your best self and, and presenting yourself in a way that sets you up for success for anything you go into in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that makes you so special and inspiring and unique is that you're not just there to teach music. You're there to really shape and mold the the whole child. So how do you do that? What are some ways that you have really, you know, you really intentionally reach out and touch children like that? What's some of your secrets? (laughs) I don't know if they're (laughs) secrets, but I think my best ideas are stolen. But (laughs) I think, you know, I think it it is. It's it's trying to see what connects best. Uh, We always start our day off with warm ups where we we stretch. We get up out of our seats um, because sitting, gosh, that has been the nemesis for all of us during this virtual time. I mean, now we're getting out of it. But I was sitting all day today in PD because we had a snow day and oh, I was so glad to stand up. So <laughs> I think so we start off with stretching and uh, we do some breathing. And and, um, and then um, I think we just really trying to find entry points into their interests, into their ideas and, and finding creative ways to change what we do so it so it's a little more tailor-made. Our first year, we did The Lion King. We did a production of The Lion King, which was awesome. It was a lot of fun. And then COVID shut us down for the second semester because my first year teaching musical theater was in 19, you know, 2019. And so we had to reinvent. And so this, uh, the last two, this is the second year, we, we've done more of a tailor-made program where each student is making their own in individual videos and contributions to this overall show. And, uh, and so I guess uh, that's really key. Like I said, finding those entry points of interest and making those connections, letting them know you don't have to be uh, a potential fine arts forever person to, to get something out of this class and take it with you and to help you become who you're going to be. So when you were named uh, Missouri's Teacher of the Year, this year. How surprised were you? And what was that process like for you? <laughs> it, it was surreal, but I'll be honest with you. Like I was surprised to get building teacher of the year. I was thrilled. I was so excited. We were just coming back to school from being out virtual and just that, that surprise and, and awe and like, wow, I'm a music teacher. You know, sometimes, you know, I feel like I do my job, but I'm a music teacher, but you know, there's, I really felt appreciated, um, thankful and grateful to my colleagues, my school, you know, my principal. Um, but then, you know, I guess state teacher of the year, something I never would have imagined. Um, I feel like it's a, it's, it's a huge victory for our community, for our schools. Um, but, you know, for even for my own family, you know, I'm walking in the legacy of my grandmother. She was, I was telling you before we got on, you know, she was a music teacher, retired music teacher from the district and did some amazing things and was a huge mentor in my life through college. And so, I just felt honored to be able to to carry on her legacy. As a matter of fact, the reason, even my motivation for like going through the process, because there were a lot of essays and there was a, you know, a, a big interview. I just kept saying to myself, I'm doing this you know, for my grandmother, for her legacy. And so that that was that was some fuel. And so getting um, getting named was was really just a, a, an honor and a tribute to her as well. And how are your students and your family? responding to all of this, uh, you know, exciting stuff that's happening for you this year? Um, wow. It's, it's good. It's a mix. It's really good. But then it does take me out of the classroom sometimes. So that can be, 
and away from home sometimes. And so that can be kind of challenging. Some of the trips my family has been able to make with me. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. I will say this. I had a student I was explaining to one of my classes, hey, you know, I'm sorry that I've had to be out. You know, I know it's not easy for me to be gone. And the student said to me, hey, Mr. Young, you don't have to apologize. You're teacher of the year. And I'm like, wow. You know, so so they get it, you know, and, and I feel like I felt that same sense of love and support from my family as well. They see the bigger mission, you know, of what this is. And so they've been very supportive. Yeah. And how important do you think, you know, that kind of brings me to the question of relationships, because you must have great relationships with your students for them to understand that and to really be so happy for you and to sort of be thinking more about your feelings, right? Like, don't worry about Mm -hmm. it. We got this. You go do what you have to do, Mr. Young. So how important is it um, in education, especially now when things are really, I think, in a transitional period over the last two to three years, how important is it to really create and build those relationships with not only your students, but the parents as well. Mm -hmm. It's very critical. Um, We were talking about that today in a professional development meeting. Um, It, everything has to stem from those connections and those relationships of trust. We were talking about that. You have to, um, when I say trust, getting students, parents, community to trust that you have their best interests in mind. Um, And that takes time and it takes consistency. And it takes uh, letting your heart show, you know, a little bit. And so it's it, it's not always easy, especially coming off, once again, a pandemic where we've been so separated in our boxes, you know, so to speak, to come back in and um, and sort of earn that trust again or 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 continue where we left off or, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's critically important. You know, you, you lay that foundation of trust and connection. And everything can grow and build. And it's amazing what can happen. And I'm sure that's also important when you have students that come in that aren't as motivated to be in that class, right? So yes. so give, give me some examples of how you might, you have a student that comes in and really doesn't want to be there. Musical theater is not their thing. They feel like they aren't good at it, and but they're stuck in this class. So what are some <laughs> things that you do to help motivate those types of students that are really struggling? It's a great question. Well, first of all, I let them know that they're welcome. They're welcome. There's no prerequisites. If you're in here, you're welcomed here and and we're glad that you're here. Um, Second of all, you know, I I, I think there is an art to knowing when to push and when to pull back and say, no, that's too much or, you know, and so um, just giving that grace to say, hey, you know, maybe not today, but maybe tomorrow. Uh, And so I try to do a lot of scaffolding. Students will support each other. I think if you create the right environment uh, or the right culture, and that's what a lot of what our class is about is creating a culture where students feel safe enough to stand up in front of the class and speak or sing. And one of the things I love about I work, I co-teach with a theater teacher. um, So we get to collaborate in front of them. And and that's really cool. That's really been awesome. And so uh, it just it takes different things for different students. You know, and so we're, I'm constantly learning, constantly reflecting. Did we do that the best? You know, I haven't arrived. I'm still. And I think that's another thing that's so important is me realizing that I still have a lot to learn and that students are teaching me even as I'm teaching them. And as long as I don't get stuck in this idea that I've got it all figured out and this is the way I've always done it, then I think um, students can sense that, too. And, and I think that's that's a powerful message to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Definitely. Um, and, and thinking about the future, what are some things that you are most looking forward to um, with this upcoming year that, that you're in as, as teacher of the year? Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested that like I've, I've got to meet so many uh, great teachers and, and, and different people from, from other places. I'm, I just look forward to continuing to uh, meet people and, and get to do a little more, more traveling around the state. I get to do a conference. Well, I got several things coming up here in March and I'm excited. One of the things and platforms I'm excited about is just even talking to young um, students who are aspiring teachers. I get to do an Educators Rising conference here at the beginning of, beginning of March and encouraging um, new uh, creatives or new um, a new workforce into the, the tradition, into the profession. It's so important. And, and just putting a good name out there for the teaching profession and for education, you know, because it's really it's really hard to get bogged down. And so I, I think I'm excited about that to help be part of the solution. I don't have a whole all the answers, but if I can be a light and a, and a positive voice of hope, then I look forward to that. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting and important that you brought that up, because as most people listening know, we are really in an epidemic of not only a teacher shortage, but we have so many great teachers that are leaving the profession. We yes. have we have uh, students that are currently, um, you know, going into college and not even wanting to be a teacher. And a lot mm -hmm. of that, you know, a lot of that was happening prior to the pandemic, but it's gotten, I believe it's gotten worse um, yeah. as this pandemic has hit. And a lot of folks like are doing what you said, right? They're getting really bogged down with the stress mm -hmm. and with the inconsistency of the learning environment. And so so yes. what are things that you do and what are some, what's some advice that you would give to teachers that are either saying, no way, I would never go into the teaching profession or teachers that are already in the profession that are like, I want to get out of here. What are, sure. what are some things that keep you going? Because I'm sure that even the best of the best mm -hmm. has those days, right? We all have those days, no matter how great yes. we are. So how do you, how do you break down those obstacles? How do you get past when you start having those days? I definitely have those days. Um, I definitely and I've had the have I've had years where I'm like, am I really supposed to be doing this? <laughs> um, so you know, on a personal level, you know, my faith plays a lot uh, a, a lot big part of that. Um, and that, but that's personal, you know, for me uh, is my faith. Another thing that I have is, um, you know, students they'll let you know, and holding on to those times when they let you know that you're making a difference in their life and and. Um, you're important for them to be there. And so, um, but then the other thing is too, just, you know, reaching out when you are hurting, when, when you have um, an issue or a concern, having time to talk with other teachers or even mentor teach, you know, mentor teachers. And so um, once again, like I said, I'm in a, a situation right now where I can collab collaborative teach and I love it. Uh, I love that. I'd like, I'd like to see more collaborative teaching, um, you know, so that I think that would be a something to explore because it's it's just easier to to bear the burden. Um, so I guess and then and then also remembering, I suppose, the privilege it is to inspire young minds. But I but I know it's hard. I'm not going to pretend like every day is is rosy and you know that that um, I never have any troubles or never have any issues or I don't get tired. I'm, I mean I'm tired every day when I go home, <laughs> but. Um, is it worth it? And and I would say at the end of the day, yes. I told my students the other day, and they I don't know if they believe me, but I said, this is the best job I've ever had. You know, and I still believe that. And I've worked a lot of jobs from, you know, the military 
to changing oil in, in cars, to selling guitars, to a warehouse factory. And, and this is just, this is the best job that I could think of. And so just, just I guess, remembering your why and, and holding on to that. Yeah. Well, I think that's really wonderful and sound advice coming from an amazing educator, uh, Missouri's 2022 Teacher of the Year, James Young. And you're teaching sixth graders. So that's that's yes. that in itself <laughs> is just bless you because I have a sixth James. grader at home, an eighth grader at home, and a senior. And there is no way, <laughs> James, that I'm spending a day. <laughs> you know, and people say that they're like, oh, you teach middle school. Hmm. And I think it, do, it does take a special... Um, <laughs> but I think it takes a special kind of person to teach kindergarten. I think whatever level you're at, um, there is, the, there is an art to it. And, and I love teaching middle school is, I, I love it. You know, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a good wheelhouse for me, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, uh, but, it, but anything in life worth doing is going to have some tension, some, some, you know, some struggle. Uh, but, but then I guess just hanging on to those light bulb moments because uh, students will let you know. And it's not always, oh, you're the greatest teacher in the world. Maybe it's just a high five. Or maybe they say hi in the hallway to you every time they see you. you know. Or maybe it's years down the road. I've had students reach out to me years down the road and, and, say, and, and thank me or say something. And so uh, it's holding on to those things. Well, whatever you're doing, it's working. And congratulations, James. We're so thrilled for you uh, being the Missouri's uh, 2022 Teacher of the Year. And we really appreciate the time that you were able to come and spend with us today. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And this is Christy Hool signing out for another episode of the Classroom Matters podcast.